You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So, yeah, tonight we are kicking off with our new series, and we're doing the 90s horror, and we're kicking off here with this gem, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I know Eric's not excited to talk about this one at all. How you doing, bud? I guess I'm doing okay. I'm sleeping well, Jordan. How about that? <laughs> you are? You don't need Rex to help you? No, no, not at all. I don't need, uh, I don't need Rex to help me. Um, are you sure? And I, I would take a handful of those yellow pills uh, if presented in front of me. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. no problem whatsoever. And you don't have help from that evil, evil doctor? I ex- – exactly. I don't understand this is a new nightmare. So this is what Wes Craven does, what, what he does best, and he makes a meta movie about being meta itself. Yeah. No, this is meta as fuck, isn't it? It and, is. Uh, yeah. Well, the reason why we picked this one right off the bat was just because we're doing 90s horror. And 90s was a very interesting time when it comes to film. And when we get 90s horror, Scream kind of started it, if you want to argue that, with the ironic horror. I mean, think about the movies we're going to be talking about this year coming up. Urban Legend, Scream, I know what you did last summer. You know, just name a few, uh, A Haunted of Hill House. Uh, American Wolf in Paris, right? All these movies have like that ironic kind of like we know we're in a movie sense, right? Do they? Th- those yeah. are no. I I think what those movies, what Wes Craven did with that was made a a definitive subgenre of horror. He made it the Who Done It. Fine, fine, okay, fine. He 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 made it a Who Done It. But every time I sit back and I watch those movies that we're going to discuss that I just named. It has the stank of scream on them. You know what I mean? Oh, like, of course. That's what I'm trying to say. So, with Wes Craven's new nightmare, people say that scream kind of started this this genre that we're going to be discussing uh, throughout the year. But Wes Craven's new nightmare is definitely the godfather of that. This thing is meta and ironic, and all they needed was Alanis Morris set to make the music, and this would be like. Uh, this would be a hit. Exactly. So this is the sixth movie in the franchise. Seventh. Seventh? This is the seventh. Hey, uh, well, correct me then. Um, how, why is it the, the seventh? Because according to what I'm looking at, it looked like there was... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, there was the first one and there was five sequels. Oh, okay, my math is off. That That is seven. And what, just this to, is the seventh, yes. Just to, just, just to do this is for fun. Just because I want to prove my fandom, and then we can move on. This is how I know it's seven. What's Craven's new nightmare? Okay. Number seven. Number one is Nightmare on Elm Street. Number two is Freddy's Revenge. Number three is Dream Warriors. Number four is Dream Master. Number five is Dream Child. Number six is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Okay. And this one is Wes Craven's new nightmare. So would you say that you know about the franchise? Oh, hardcore. I know the big three, Freddie, Michael, Jason, like the back of my hand. And I will actually completely just make your head turn upside down here. This is my third favorite of the franchise. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, definitely turn my head upside down. Why? Oh, why uh, would this movie be the, the, the I mean, the, the kills in this one weren't even. Oh, there's compared- no kills. 
There were kills in this one. There was, but there wasn't. There was no kills. There was no creative kills. There wasn't fun. I mean, think about it. In Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master, he turns a woman into a cockroach and then puts her into a roach motel and smashes it. That's ridiculous. That's yes. amazing. That's, that's ridiculously amazing. Uh, number five, Dream Child had a guy on a motorcycle get transformed into the motorcycle. So this one does it. But the reason why this was my third favorite in order of my favorite, it would be number one, Dream Warriors, right? That one's just a great one. That's one that gave Freddy his personality. That one was just balls to the wall fun. Just a great fun movie for the genre that it was. My second favorite actually is the sixth one, Freddy's Dead, because that is ludicrously crazy and it does come in 3d and of course i have the blu-ray 3d version and the whole movie's not 3d if you go back and watch that movie fans they actually tell you in the movie put on your glasses for certain scenes <laughs> so, so why why is this one though what makes this it's one diff it's different okay is because wes craven came back to do it no, I mean, like, that was the hype, I, I guess. But for me, it's just so out there. It's so pompous and so artistic douchebaggery that New Line Cinema clearly, clearly had Wes Craven's cock in their mouth. And they would say, whatever you want, Mr. Craven. <laughs> like, this is – what real studio in the right minds would allow this to happen? Oh, wait, this has happened before with 20th Century Fox with Prometheus, because that's exactly what Ridley Scott did. Hey, Ridley, we want you to come back to the Alien franchise, and we want you to do something different, but keep in the same genre. Okay, and look what he did. That's exactly what New Line did. Hey, it's 10 years after the first nightmare. Wes Craven said he would never, ever come back. He was disgusted that they made the sequels. He tried to make this movie before, Eric, and New Line was smart back then. But evidently they weren't smart here. He tried to, this. This this was going to be number three. Wh Why this? This was going to be three. Huh. Okay then. So he and, wanted yeah. to. Okay. So obviously he had a plan for this. He did. He did. So so I I I, I want to talk about this movie, but I guess it's fun to talk about the history with you, buddy. Uh, but so the you you know thing, a lot more about the history than, right. than I do. We're talking about about this movie. This movie. <laughs> Again, why did this movie need to be right a meta? I mean, there are a lot of things that were just kind of, well, again, very silly. A lot of things that were where it's just kind of things happened and it just happened to like help the story along. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? Right. Well, right. I mean, like it. If you don't, I mean, like why the you, earthquakes? Why? Why did all the earthquakes? Earthquakes happen? are because. Uh, because that is Freddy, uh, the demon Freddy, starting to come into the real world. That's, That's dumb. what the screenplay That's said. That's stupid. Oh, it's absolutely horrible. Absolutely okay. stupid. Uh, but I feel like I have to say this, and then we can move on and actually talk about the movie that you want to talk about. But the original idea uh, in 1987, uh, which was Dream Warriors, but they went to Wes Craven first, New Line did. And they said, we want you to come up with Freddy 3. He wrote the script, and the script for Freddy, for, for Freddy 3 was essentially, I want Freddy to come into the real world and haunt and kill the real actors. That was the pitch. And then the studio said, eh, we got this 
we got this script from a guy named Frank Darabont where, you know, it's a completely different. We're going to go with that one. Good choice because Frank Darabont went on to, you know, do Shawshank Redemption. So, but, yeah. So when they came back and 10 years later and said, the franchise is dead, we got to do something. And Wes is like, I got this script. And they're like, whatever you want to do. Seriously. Right. That's, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like, when you got a moneymaker, like, like Freddy, and you have the original guy coming back and asking that he wants to do it, that's, that's, I mean, that check rest itself, Jordan. Right. So then you're thinking, and plus the title, too, it's pompous within itself. The movie, I had to look this up. It's not called New Nightmare. The actual real title is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay, so he wants to, to put his name on it too, huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you put Wes Craven's New Nightmare, that I think is for marketing. It's like, oh my gosh, it's the original guy. This is cool. No, <laughs> it's the movie's called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So for somebody – okay, Eric, have you seen this before? Yeah, when I was a kid, I, this is one of those movies that, um, you know, st staying up late and, and watching with some friends. Okay, so you've seen this before. It probably did nothing for you. Coming back to this now as an adult, is this one of the worst films you've ever seen? Then? Yeah, it's pretty dog shit. There, uh, uh, there are a few reasons why I would say that. It, I understand that this is a 1994 movie. I'm not expecting this to hold up well. I understand that. But it, it seems already that to 1994's standards, the acting was very uh, dry. Very, and action, and cut. Okay, that's good. And they moved on to the next one. It, you know what I mean? Like it, it right. seemed like they 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 got maybe three takes of the thing, and they they moved on to the next scene. It was very just kind of um, it played like a TV movie. Did this entire thing? Well, yeah. I mean, Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy in the first movie, the third one in this. If you go back and watch her, she's horrible. She's a soap opera actress at best. Yeah. And but Wes Craven just had to bring her back for this one. And wait, wait, what's horrible too? And this is to me, this is bothersome when I watch this movie. This movie actually is somewhat based in reality, which I'm just like, I can't believe Heather Heather Langenkamp would actually allow this to happen. But you know, Wes changed the script, buddy. This is something to talk about. He goes, hey. I know that you have a son named Dylan, so I want to write your son in the movie for a son named Dylan. And I know that your husband is Chase, and he actually works for a special effects company, which those those that that's true, right at the time. Okay. And he, here's the worst of it: she was getting she had a stalker, she had a real life stalker who would leave her letters all Freddie like. He would call her and say, "One, two, Freddie's coming for you." And Wes said, "Let's put that in the movie." Wow, that's uh, absolutely. She that's... had a real stalker for over a year in the very early nineties, like ninety ninety one. That's kind of fucked up, man. That she, that she would have some something traumatic like that, and Wes Craven would be like, "You know what? That's fantastic." Because Wes thought it would be great for her to relive that traumatic experience to give her some weight as her act as her as her character. Absolutely, that's what he said in the interview. You talk about pompous, right there. It is. You know, well, it's like. It's like I have an actress whose mom just got killed in a car accident. Let's have her character get killed. Let's have her character's mom get killed in an accident. Yeah, that's pretty messed bring up. Bring her back. Oh, it's horrible. Okay, so, and it didn't. It, is, it didn't. It didn't really work. I understand that there are some 
some scenes are better than others with uh with her with with heather that's that's fine but you know well what do you think of the opening kill because that's the one thing about a lot of these movies that you always have an opening kill kind of like you know how jaws had that opening kill that gets your blood pumping oh sure sure i didn't uh i thought it was uh, you know what it actually reminded me of i looked up real fast after this to uh the adams family mm. for the for the very reason do you know what i mean right uh yeah because i i thought that they oh they probably took the idea from it was 1992 by the way uh that you know from the uh, moving hand from it from thing i mean and uh yeah that's just kind of what that was so it wasn't nothing that was like oh that's an interesting it look. was silly it was it was silly is, is what that was um it, that, that this is kind of what it, what it was but it set the tone for the rest of the, of the of the movie because you had this rogue robotic hand suddenly just go rogue and start and start killing anything that was that was close to it and uh oh it came out in 91 by the way sorry Adam's family I just double checked myself and and it was just silly because it's just like okay I'm rolling my eyes and be like well this doesn't seem too much like Freddy you know no and and, and also it's it's silly when something like that happens and everyone in the area just kind of stands there and goes, ah, ah, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> fuck, fucking move, dude. Like there's a killer hand. I don't I don't need to be told twice. If I see some blood in in a panic like that, I'm I'm out, you know, right. Like, that's that's fine. But they're all standing here, you know, the typical fucking white people. Hey, now what's going on in here? What do you with the bat? Eric, the bad thing is, is that the fucking thing doesn't come back. What an interesting idea, right? Okay, let's just take ourselves out of the movie for a second, right? And think Done. about it, and just think about, okay, great, we got we got Freddy Seven. Okay, great. What's different? Well, the opening shot of the movie is a guy playing Freddy, chopped off his hand, and he's yeah. gonna put a mechanical hand on. I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting idea, right? Not. So what I'm trying to say is, that's cool. I like that idea. But that hand never comes back because when we get introduced to the new Freddy, he his fingernails are the claws now. Is, he doesn't have the mechanical hand. What? Absolutely. No, I I, I Absol- no, I, no no look it up. Look it look up. At, look at it. Look at a picture of it. I saw it with Freddy. my eyes, Jordan. He does not have the mechanical hand, bud. It looked like that the hand that Chase was working on in real life uh, that was was being used by the by the new Freddy. Right, was being used by the new Freddy, which was a hand. You can see the tendons and the bone and the muscle and the fingernails were yeah. the were the claws. Not this mechanical arm that I'm talking about. They the beginning. Looked... All right, it's all right. not the I'll, same. And all, it's right, like... all right, I believe I take a look. By the way, just for the record, I just want to say uh, Army of Darkness came out in 1992. Um, so it's just another movie. Right. If we're just going to compare. Um, so not only do we get Heather Langenkamp back in this movie, but we get every single person that was behind the camera that nobody gave a shit about besides Robert England. Wes Craven has a scene in this movie with her. Oh my God. He's got God. a few. He was in the grave, uh, in the, in the funeral scene too, wasn't he? Right, right. I know a guy. And his I action am- shot was, was to, to react to the earthquake. <laughs> To, to, when there was no earthquake and the camera literally like the like the cinematographer just shakes the camera like oh it's an earthquake right 
Um, <laughs> I actually know a director. Uh, I will give him credit to say that he is a director. I'm not going to say his name because the guy's a pompous douche. But Wes Craven reminds me of this guy that I know personally. Just, it would be really cool. I'm going to be like Hitchcock and put myself in the scene. Like, like that's that's clearly who this guy is that I know in life. And, like, that's what Wes Craven is. That funeral scene actually is kind of cool, though. If you think about it, if this was a better movie, that was kind of cool, right? You know, like, you have the death of the husband and the earthquake happens, and then the boy falls into the grave, and then she goes to get the boy. But you see Freddy down there pulling the boy uh, underneath the ground. Okay, that's cool. Every scene with Demon Freddy, I'm going to argue with you, is pretty fucking cool. I like the look of Demon Freddy a lot. I, I it, It's a little makeup-y, masky for, for me. I didn't see where they were trying to go, but... I like I like the the I don't like the the overcoat. I like the hat. Hat's the overcoat, sort of, yeah. You know, with the with the pop collar. Uh, and uh, okay, there's one thing that bothers me in these types of movies, and it's a typical trope, but it happened in the end. It's that that part where Freddy is like, you know, in the furnace, and he's like, oh, I can't, you know, oh, the doors, they're too small. I can't, right. it's, I'm too big to fit in through, and he's reaching and reaching, and I roll my eyes, and I'm just like, you're fucking Freddy, dude. Like, why can't you do some crazy shit? And just as I said that, his arm extends, but still not enough. He's swiping, well, cool, though. and he's missing. Sure, I, I get that, but, like, dude, you're fucking Freddy Krueger. Like, you, that's the best thing that you came up with, was to take right. your arm and stretch it across the fire that you're afraid of, by the way. And and to and to do that, fucking like do like you could have done so much. I've seen you do so much other shit, you know. Right, and then you can open also open your mouth really wide to put the kid's head in it, and you can't open up the little doors. Oh yeah, you want to talk about also crazy? We keep on saying pompous and meta and just all this stuff. You want to talk about something even more douchebaggery? How much do you love Oscar worthy, Eric? How much do you love the Hansel and Gretel subplot? Oh yeah, perfect. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh well, the good callback there. You they know? actually say it in the movie. It's like Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs. So instead of breadcrumbs, she puts yellow pills. She goes into the wonderful land, and they push the witch into the fire. Dun dun dun! And it explodes, and everything explodes, and they get in the water. And they're safe in the water, even though it, the explosion destroys and demolishes a building that looks uh, that looks like uh, uh, the Acropolis. Well, they're in hell, which and is only... also Rome, or which is Greek uh, or Athens. I mean, uh, apparently too, the ancient buildings. Well, no, I mean they're they're straight up in. Okay, so for fifty dollars back in the day, you got all seven films on Blu-ray. And, of course, me being a fan, uh, bought the box set. And on the box set, they had this documentary called Never Sleep Again. It's a four-hour documentary with every single person involved going over everything. Wes Craven was interviewed in this before he passed away. And this is – I was saving this for you at the end. This is going to just make you slam your head against the wall. And I hope I hear it and the audience hears this. Let's go. Uh, Okay. So what this really is at the end, it's actually – Hell. Hell as we know it. Uh-huh. This this is not Freddy Krueger. 
That's why he can't do a lot of the things that we know Freddy Krueger can do. This is an imposter. This is a this is something that's trying to be Freddy. Why? This thing is actually a demon who loves Freddy Krueger so much that he's trying to escape hell, hence the earthquakes, to come up to the real world to torture the actors that played the characters because he wants to mimic what Freddy Krueger did. Wes Craven's mouth. Fuck you, Jordan. <laughs> Come on. That is real. You don't know? No? I know now. I <laughs> I did not care to do any research after watching this movie. I, I took it for research. what it was at face value. I, I, I saw it. I accepted everything without question. <laughs> I said, yes, that's indeed a Freddy Krueger movie. I'm moving on. Yeah, they read a script at the end. I don't know what any of it meant, and I was okay with it. And now you're telling me that Freddy Krueger was so popular in the 80s that he got a goddamn demon to be his, to stand on him? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what Wes Craven said. That was the idea that there was this demon, uh, this unnamed demon uh, that loved Freddy so much, and he wanted to be like Freddy so he was trying to escape hell. You know what? And, you know, oh, yeah. You know what? I actually, I hate I hate the Wes Craven story of him being in it, but, oh, well, we have to write the story to capture the demon type things. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. No, it's really dumb. It's, it's like, really it, dumb. It's just like that's how that's how they got Valcor in NeverEnding Story. They wrote the fucking there you book, go. captured that dragon, locked him up tight. Right. We're good to go. No, it's, it's, it's horrible. And I, but... I still say this is the godfather of what this year is going to become because this time next year when we end our 90s horror series, <laughs> I mean, you're going to see why this is godfather. And I, think I accept we should go it, back though. To I, 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 I'll tell you why. I accept it because I, it gives me a reason. It gives Freddy the excuse, at least in my book, to be, okay, you got an out because that wasn't you. I understand that you're trying to make this excuse – that, oh, wait, no, no, that wasn't, oh, no, that wasn't Freddy, not my Freddy. Because right. in the other movies that I see him in, he is a much more of a creative killer. Like, it is it is truly frightening, you know, in some of these scenes when you fall asleep. Because it's it's fucked up. It, it is itself a nightmare that they are in because it, it there's, there's nothing you can do. You know, right, right. If you run into a room and you lock the door, Freddy turns into the door handle, or he turns into, you know what I mean? He, he's he's in the room with you. He is the room, actually. Right. You know, it, it's it it does. I've seen some fucked up shit from from him, and this was just not that. This was just a silly, like a poltergeist movie. Yeah, a poltergeist movie. Be one. I think that if you're going to do this movie, then you got to have all the actors back, including Johnny Depp. Which in 1994 still wasn't doing anything really major. I mean, he did Cry Baby, but uh, I think Edward Scissorhands came out at the same time. Okay. But, you know, like Gilbert if, Garrett, Grape. Thank you, Wachina Gilbert. I mean, he. If if I was Wes Craven and if I wanted to make this movie, I would do something completely different, and I would say this movie would only be made if I had all the actors come maybe, back. Maybe he was doing Don Juan DeMarco. Is that was he in that one? No, oh, don't talk about Don Juan DeMarco. My wife's panties will drop. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, snail snail trail will be everywhere. 
<laughs> that's a more information that I needed. Thank you. Oh my God, it would be okay. So how about this? We we ragged on it. I'm trying to convince you on some cool things, right? About Freddy's look and everything. I do like this Freddy. This is the best looking Freddy in all the movies. However, though, I want you to argue with me because I don't think you can that the hospital scene, the remake of the original movie, Babysitter on the Walls and everything, that was cool. Freddy did a good job of it. Hey, Dylan, you ever play Skin the Cat? Like, that sequence was pretty fucking good. Now, I was like, oh, we're in a nightmare movie. This is great. I had said this to Sarah before as we were watching this movie that I do feel that a lot of movies have these scenes in them that are iconic. That if I say a movie title or name, you can instantly go to that scene in a movie. Right. I think that that hospital scene is it with this movie. If there were, I mean, some people might go to more ridiculous scenes which I'm sure they're right in their right to do so uh, just because they're really, really silly. Some of them, right? But, uh, like maybe the kid throwing up Dylan throwing up over his mom is a pretty silly scene, which uh, was ridiculous looking, but go ahead. Or, or her falling uh, on, you know, during the, her husband's funeral onto uh, the, the, the border of the, of the, the coffin. Right. And then <laughs> what's it? The guy who plays John just picks her up. It's just like, oh, you, you hysteric woman. Why are you falling all over the place? <laughs> type, type of thing. But no, that scene in the hospital was definitely the best kill you're going to get in this movie. It was it, good. It was terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like that. That was probably the more more of the Freddy esque part of this movie than most. Right. No, it was great. I I was scared of that scene when I was a kid. I didn't see this movie for years because that just scared me so much because now this time there's a little kid involved. You know what I mean? Sure. Seeing all this gore and bloodshed going on. But the look was great. Yeah, because his hat was like this kind of like this greenish looking hat. He had the trench coat. He really didn't have the Christmas sweater really even. It was kind of dark. And just him dragging her, her screaming, the blood. Right. And then the last shot of him hanging upside down, tilting his head up. Like, just, that's the shot right there. That's your money shot. And if Wes Craven would have done that for an hour and a half, oh my god. Sure. Then I, I would, I would, may have been able to forgive the trench coat. Really? So you don't like the trench coat? No, what are you doing, Freddie? You, you gotta be somewhere? Take off the jacket, bud. You're, you get, you're it's, at work. It's 94. Nirvana has their second album out in utero. Hello, grunge. What's wrong with you? I guess this is also before Columbine too, so yeah, this is yeah, yeah. Where trench coats were suddenly, you know, a bad. That thing. was ninety nine. I have one. It's made of wool. <laughs> just so I'm, you I'm know, sure. <laughs> just so you know. But I mean, like this movie is is very very bad, right? And 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 I we're gonna go to a popcorn rating soon, and I know what your popcorn rating is gonna be, but I still feel like I have to defend it. Because I think if you're a fan of these types of movies, if you're a fan of Freddy Krueger, there is stuff to like about it. And where th- when the movie doesn't have Freddy in it, it's really, really dry. It's really slow. It's really boring. But Robert Englund, who was playing Freddy again, who was also playing himself in this movie, uh, I think he had a lot of fun on this one. And he, every time he was in it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because the, it tell was, me what know. the fuck happened 
to him then? He just, he just mm. disappears in this movie. Well, Did Freddy get him? Did the demon get him? Yeah. No, yeah, you... I don't want to tell you. <laughs> You're oh, do I got to wait for the book, Jordan? No, like, no. Just... no. Okay. All right. So I lied to you. Um, when I told you what Wes Craven said in an interview about the real story, I didn't tell you the whole thing because I knew you were going to reach the microphone and kill me. The demon's power, the demon gets his Freddy power from Robert England. Oh, my God. So the reason why that you never see him again is when she goes over and she sees him and then he see and he and he has that painting of, of Freddie. Yeah. Uh, they filmed a scene and the studio said, "No, cut it out." But if you have this four-hour Never Sleeps Again documentary Blu-ray DVD like I have, you've seen the scene, and it's literally Robert England being killed by himself, Freddie, uh, and then as soon as he kills him. He now has that power to escape from underneath hell and to take over and uh, destroy. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I figured you would kill me. <laughs> yes, that's actually what it is, Eric. No, uh, no, it, it's yeah. just, you know what I mean? It's just like, I can only be hurt so much. Yeah. No, yeah. I did. The demon... Got his power and had to get through Robert England, who played Freddy, to become Freddy. Let's you know, see. I have to, I have to, I have to eat my victim to become my victim, a la Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever. You know? I, 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 I get it. Listen, I'm not trying to give it an excuse. For some reason or another, I do feel that like the '90s, the early '90s, had like this strange trend with like demons and like devils and in in you know supernatural shit like that right I, I feel like it was just kind of a popular thing that they had done that there's always constantly like this underworld and it just seemed to happen for a lot of the movies whether they be action or whether it be horror movies um there might have even been a, a comedy or two who knows but yeah no no you do my boyfriend's back yeah <laughs> yes exactly Good pull, you forgot Jordan. about that until I just Good. said it. <laughs> Good pull, Jordan. And oh my you god, check that, that out movie. because that, because that was Philip Seymour Hoffman's first acting role. Oh, was it? Yep he's the he's the he's the fat jock who gets uh, hit in the back of the head, and so then the boyfriend zombie has to eat his head. Yeah. Oh yeah, my that's god, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman, bud. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a good pull. I'm so happy that you're proud of me on that one. Oh, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm happy that oh, I forgot about that movie until, oh, man, that's good. I should have said Tammy and the T-Rex starring Paul Walker. That's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, yeah, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is something that's interesting. Uh, it's not a good movie. At all. So let's get into our popcorn rating. I kind of want to hear what you have to say first on this one. I'm sorry, on second, because I want to get mine in, because I know you're going to attack it. I This movie's a small bag. It's, it's a small, a small bag. It's a small, it's a small bag for the franchise, right? Mm -hmm. I recognize this is a shitty movie. This is horribly written, horribly directed, horribly acted, all across the board, just bad, right? But this is kind of like, you know, Jaws 3. You know, like when they're in SeaWorld, there's scenes 
that go, oh, okay, all right, that that's fun, uh-huh. I guess, maybe. So, uh, but that's why I said that this one's my third favorite of the franchise. It's different. Freddy's look is really, really different, and it's really interesting. I really enjoy his look. Um, and I like the idea of Freddy coming into the real world to attack the real actors. I despise everything else with that. Like it's actually a demon and he has to get his powers from Robert England. That's this, that's this buffoonery within itself. Sure. But the idea though of, okay, Freddie's trying to get into the real world. Okay. We're going to last action hero this shit. Okay. No, did it work out like that? You know? So it's, it's a small bag. It's not great. It's absolutely horrible, but I have seen worse, and so have you. I mean, we've seen some shit. This isn't. This is not worse than some of the movies that we have reviewed. <laughs> Clearly, we've seen some bad movies, buddy. I, so, oh yeah, I'm definitely not going to to you know question you on on that. There's so many ones I can't even name them. So okay, so my popcorn rating is a small bag. No bag for you, I'm assuming, right? I I don't often give. No bags. You don't. I I, I really don't. Like, the movie has to be a special sort of of shit to be uh, a no bag. I'm not going to get this movie a no bag. Wow. Um, uh, I will, however, give it a bag with with seeds in it. You know, like, I I don't want to give it even a a small bag here, you know? So a bag of kernels. Yeah. it's, It's not... Good. I'm. I don't want to see this this movie again. But like the the actors bothered me, the acting bothered me, the story itself uh, bothered me, and it was just kind of well, it was very silly. Uh, the the kills were not that good. There were few in there. Um, I didn't like the look of, of Freddy itself, and I'm actually kind of talking myself into giving this a no bag, huh? <laughs> I think you are. I mean, like, oh, dude, it was so bad when Chase, her husband, was driving home and Freddy's glove had to prick the tip. The of his question dick. of that is that it was nighttime. He had said he had to get three. He'll be home in three hours, and he was leaving clearly in in like kind of a late afternoon, you know. Right. And so he, I, to my best guess, was falling asleep on the road at the latest around nine o'clock. That's what I'm assuming. And it, that's what I'm assuming. So that's pricks, that's that's a guess. Pricks, pricks his dick and then has to uh, stab him in the chest. Like, yeah, it's uh, it, again, it's it's silly. the The kills were just more of a more of a blood gusher than anything creative. The tongue move was silly and dumb. Um, but isn't that Freddy though? Yeah, that is silly and dumb kills. That something like that is. But that just seemed like a little bit more of a silly puppet thing. That kid in this movie really, really bothered me. Oh, I, Dylan? Yeah, oh, yeah, the Dylan. Yeah, I, I, I did not like uh, him at all. But again, kid actors back then, I am very aware that kid actors back then uh, sucked because it was like a choice of like the, like the four kids, you know? It was like this kid who was a kindergarten cop, but he pissed me off then too. Uh, or uh, remember that kid that was in the Shining remake as well? Right. With the, right, with the buck was, teeth, he 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 yeah. would be in this one, or oh, that that was bad. Some other kid with a bowl cut, you know, that just piss you off a helmet hair, and it just um, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it's it's definitely sad to say that the best kid actor at that time was Edward Furlong because of Terminator Two. 
like Jesus, and he's a horrible actor. Like these kids are bad. But then, but then you know, Haley Joel Osment saves us in two thousand. Hey, yes, thank, thank goodness for him. But uh, let's, like this, this movie, in parts where I could think, like, what would make this better? The only thing that I can think of is just the better kills. That's that's honestly it. I right. can't improve the story. This whole meta thing is about as good as it's going to get. They probably should have stuck with the whole de- uh, demon angle that this was impersonator, but I don't know if West just wanted to throw that in there. It didn't really fucking matter, West. You, you might as well just do anything that – you did whatever you want. You might as well just keep on going. You know what? Can I say one thing, and it's also a question before you're not the show since you said that. And this is a this is a fight that I've had with a lot of people over the years. And I always get shut down because they get louder than me. Doesn't mean they win the argument. They just get louder than me. And you're level-headed. So this is my question. People, media, whatever, have said for decades, Wes Craven is a master of horror. I do not see that at all. I do not (laughs) see that at all. I'll give you the big ones. He was a part of Last House on the Left in the late 70s with Sean S. Cunningham who went on to do Friday the 13th nightmare on Elm street. Right. Uh huh. And then, and then, then I'll say scream. You're going by, by writing credits. Or are you going by directing? Directing. Okay. This guy in between those big three that I named has made shocker. This movie people under the stairs. He also, I believe he did vampire in Brooklyn. It looks like swamp thing as well. That's a bad movie. <laughs> I hey, vampire. Is he? Yes, you're right. He did Red Eye. Red Eye's pretty bad with with Rachel McAdams. That one's not. That one's not a good one. That you know, I actually showed my wife Red Eye uh, a few months ago, maybe a year ago. Because you know what Red Eye is? It's the perfect chick flick. <laughs> is it? It is. It's about a woman who is just this mousy, you know, little woman who's trying to get home to her dad, and then all of a sudden this. This guy's like, hey, I'm going to kill you, and she has to be strong and put on her big girl pants, and then she saves the day. Like, that's that's, that's a very, very bad movie, but anyway. Um, I, I think I liked People Under the Stairs more than this movie. That's a bad movie, though. Yes, and this wasn't a good movie either. So then answer my question if you want to. Does he deserve that title of Master of Horror? Because people also say that about John Carpenter. And he hasn't made uh, – he's made like three or four good ones, and then everything else is like what's craven has been shit. Yeah, I, I'm not a, a fan. Master of Horror is is one thing. You you have somebody who's able to build the suspense, you know, or, or, or achieve something from their actors, you know, that, that um, a lot of directors are maybe unable to do. I would say, you know, you have something like an Alfred Hitchcock, probably people would put it in that category. You know, right, right. Uh, um, I really, I really do personally think that James Wan is is in that category as well. I think he's, oh. done, I think he's done a very good okay. job with this movie as far as just building suspense. Wes Craven, a master? No, the movies that were popular for him are just shock movies. He gets he gets popular by just showing weird shit on screen, and it's the same thing with like Eli Roth. Where the more blood, the more guts that there are, the more things that make you squirm and cringe, like in Hostel or something, you know, Green Inferno maybe, it Ugh. then then that what is what they feel is a horror movie. 
that's not a horror movie. You're just no. making it hard to watch movie. That's yeah. it, that's what I, I, I think is what it is. You know, just because you have five minutes of dismembering doesn't make it a a thriller. You know, I can clearly see what's happening. I don't need to guess what's going to happen next here. You know, thank thank you for saying that. Finally, I finally had somebody who actually agreed with me. Like, no, Carpenter and Craven are definitely masters of horror. I was like, what? Also, also, I've never been a fan of, of rape scenes in movie. I I have always just been not been a fan of, of of that. And in two of those movies, uh, automatically he did well. Last House on the Left and Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah, those are good. And so people, I respect the Last House on the Left for what it started to do and with the marketing and all this stuff because they even lied and said that it was. It was based on a real story, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre did in the seventies. Sure. Like, no, it's no, it's not. Just stop, you know. But it, anyway, I just I was just curious what you thought because I've had that argument since my freshman year of film school, and I've always got shot down because people were just screaming and saying that I'm crazy, and I'm like, really? Okay. Like, what about Hitchcock? You know, like, oh no, those movies are old. And it's like okay, but I mean, like, Rebecca is like amazing. It's it's the production of it. Like what what resources did they have, and and how are they using it? You know, and I, I really feel that all Wes Craven had. He doesn't have clever camera work. You know, right. he has quick cuts in a lot of these, and that's just to disguise the maybe poor make of the prosthetics in these monsters that he has, or uh, to to quick kind of show you the blood squirt so that you know you don't get to see that it's actually just some red corn syrup, and and you know. The, right. the, the cheesiness of the detail of it. So. I uh, will say this, and then we're going to end the uh, end the episode, but I just wanted to share this with you too in this documentary that I found it was interesting. But Freddy Cougar is based on a real uh, – two, two people that are real life in Wes Craven's real life. Uh, there was a bully, schoolyard bully, that picked on him all the time, and his name was Fred Krueger. And then the second thing was he said he was uh, a kid, 10 years old, maybe nine – and it was uh, Christmas Eve night, and he woke up uh, to get something to drink uh, in his apartment uh, in the refrigerator. He was a kid, and he saw this guy. He goes, now that I'm an adult, I probably think the guy was drunk. But this guy was walking down the street with a black fedora hat and a Christmas sweater looking up at him while he was taking a drink and dancing around all weird and mysterious, and then he walked away. Scared him. So he put the schoolyard bully – and this drunkard with a Christmas sweater and fedora hat combined, and that created Freddy Krueger. Man, because and where'd you hear that from? Because I've heard many from him. I've heard many other different, uh, uh, just just weird. Uh, like uh, the Wikipedia says that the original film was based on the introduce of a Springwood slasher. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what Wes Craven himself said, and then he's. Uh, but well, I mean, Wes Craven himself was actually a, a college professor. Yeah, I you know what I also heard that um, um, he got the that this might be just Michigan talking that uh, someone had had seen the tombstone that said Fred Krueger on Elm Street. I don't know anything about the Elm Street thing. That's that's interesting. Maybe that might, that, that might just be a, uh, an urban legend, tall tale type of thing, huh? But that's what he said. That was that was his. That was the words coming out of his mouth where he came up with the idea of Freddy Krueger was this drunk guy and a schoolyard bully. He just hmm. combined the two. And those from his mouth, so I'm going to listen to him than anything else. Sure.
So, all right. Well, this this episode has been fun. I had a great time pissing Eric off on this one. I knew he wasn't going to be a fan. I was hoping a little bit of it, but uh, this was definitely a fun one. We're going to continue on with our 90s horror series. Uh, one episode a month for our 90s horror series. We're not going to go in any order of release or anything like that. It's just going to be fun. But in January, come back for our 90s horror. We're going to be doing The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, that one with Liam Nielsen, the one that they made fun of a lot in Scary Movie 2. So... That one's going to be a fun one, but if you're following with us in our regular format, next week we'll be coming back with you guys with the season-ending recap review of The Mandalorian, which I'm really excited to talk about Mandalorian. This season's definitely got an interesting, so we'll come back with you guys next week for that one. Eric, thank you so much for joining me in this discussion. Make sure to check us out, like, like always, at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, all the social media you can think of. And also, when you go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, click Vote Now. This is the last week you can vote for the Movie Guys Podcast Awards. Eric and I do not vote. Your vote matters, so please pick your choice for the best, worst films, and so on and so forth. Eric, thanks so much for joining me, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.